0: Hi, I'm Patricia Krobarek,
1: and I'm Katina Sawyer, and welcome to the Worker Being podcast. We hope that you enjoyed today's episode. If you want to learn more about this or other topics, you can always go to our website at www.workerbeing.com. That's w-o-r-k-r-b-e-e-i-n-g.com, where you can find other episodes of our podcast, our blog, and our exclusive member community, where you can become a part of our hive officially.
0: Yay. Yes. Um, it's a lot of fun. So go ahead and check it out. And today I'm going to be talking about a new research article. Katina, I'm super excited to share it with you. Yay. It is about employee thriving at work, which we've talked about before, but it's looking at it from a slightly broader lens. So we've talked about in the past what makes people thrive at work based on the work context. So what are things at work that are interacting with people that make them thrive or not thrive, this research actually takes a step back and is like, hey, family also has something to do with people thriving at work. Um, So it's not about people thriving overall, but specifically thriving at work. And we know that family can interact with that. And so that's what we'll talk about today. Well, I'm really happy to hear this because actually... um just the other
1: day, there's this Women of Organizational Behavior, which I know is kind of dorky, but there's a Women of Organizational Behavior Facebook group um, that basically serves as a mechanism for women faculty members uh, to keep in touch, share experiences, ask for advice, et cetera. And someone posted that they had experienced in their university uh, faculty member who was telling... Uh, students and I guess her students told her about what this faculty member had said that having a family really detracts from your work and your ability to get work done. And so if you're going to have a family and you want to have a successful career, you either have to surrender yourself to the fact that um, you're, you know, not going to be good at being a parent or you're going to have like somebody else watch your kids and parent for you. And like, if you don't want that, you should think about not having kids was basically what happened. And, um, (laughs) and yeah. And it sounded like, um, she was actually able to have a really good conversation with the faculty member afterwards that like he listened to what she was saying might've been like upsetting to the students because the, the students that came to her were both male actually and said that they were really disheartened by the conversation because they both wanted to have families and they felt that there has to be some way to, make work and life fit together that's less depressing than that and she has four kids and uh, is very successful and she was like yeah you know it's tough but there are ways to make it happen and I wouldn't say that I've engaged in either of those extreme behaviors um (laughs) and so uh she was like you know I I'm certainly happy to give you my perspective on it whatever but she did talk to the faculty member and he said he's going to bring it up again in class and like kind of set the record straight that that's maybe not exactly what he meant to say and that might not be true um but it was interesting because uh she was looking for and asking for research does anybody have any research that I could provide to my students that would help to counterbalance what they've heard from this faculty member just to like sort of ease their mind that having a family doesn't necessarily mean that your work's going to go down the tubes unless you choose to ignore them entirely And so I think that this is actually good timing because I can pass this article along to her.
0: Yeah, I think this one and then the one that I think you talked to us about with kids in the workplace or kids impacting work. That's another really good one. But yes, uh, this article it doesn't always, it doesn't take the most positive light. Like it talks about like when you have struggles in at home, how that can impact your thriving, yeah, but it does yeah. also talk about family support and how that can impact your thriving. So there's both, you know, as we know with like work-life balance research that we've talked about before and how that like life can impact work and work can impact life. It's kind of along that same vein. So this is, I think this is a good article for her to read, so definitely pass yes. it along, um, and I'm excited to share more, but before we do that, what's going on with you? How are you doing?
1: I am good. I am getting over some sort of a sickness <laughs> that is not <laughs> that is not um, COVID, thankfully, um, but uh, I don't know. Brennan thinks I have pneumonia. I don't know what I have, no. but- At the end of the day, I am getting better each day, which is good. It's just hard because um, in this time period, coughing is, like, highly frowned upon, obviously. And so uh, (laughs) it's really hard to, like, do anything. Like, we went to get some groceries and I, like, had to run out of the, like, grocery store to cough. And then I just, like, stayed out there. (laughs) so anyway um like i'm not contagious anymore i don't think i've had this for it's i've been sick for like a while now it's just like lingering so um yeah but it's just like it's a bad time to have something where coughing is the outcome so i've just kind of been like trying to hide away as much as i can for the past few days and not really like do too much stuff we did um try to um go we did go away for one night for uh, Valentine's Day celebration but we came home early because we were afraid that my coughing was going to scare people
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean that's fair though because I do I, I know what you mean it's like if you're I can't remember where we were but we were at a restaurant and Danny I think had a sneeze and he sneezed and I was like, oh, I'm like, you can't sneeze. And he was like, what am I going to do? I have to sneeze. And I was like, I don't know. And he's like, I had COVID like not that long ago. I don't have COVID now. It's just a sneeze. And I was like, but nobody else knows this. <laughs> yeah. Like, They're looking at you as if you're going to kill them and you need yes. to not sneeze. And he's he like, I, I can't not sneeze. I had to sneeze. I had a tickle yeah. in my nose and I sneezed. <laughs> and I was like, okay. But I definitely had like a, re- a really strong reaction about it.
1: <laughs> yes, I know. Well, I mean, because it is true. Like. And I know that that's true. Like, I was talking to someone today about it because when I got on a call, he was like, oh, like, you sound hoarse. Are you recovering from being sick or something? And I was like, yeah, um, I don't know what I had. It feels like it seems like it was probably like pneumonia or something like that. And he said he got on a plane and a woman on the plane said to him, sat down next to him and said, I don't have COVID. I can show you I have a negative test result on my phone, like PCR test but I have like bad allergies and it causes me to cough like when the air is dry. And so she said like, I cough a lot on planes, but the problem is in the last couple of years, like that's like not good. And he said, she explained the whole thing to him and like, was very, like, thorough, like, I just want you to see this negative test that I have, and, like, whatever. <laughs> was, like, really preparing, but he said, even so, he's, like, it is so crazy, but he was, like, even so, I was sitting there, like, I really hope she's right, like, I hope she's not lying, <laughs> you know what I mean? it's, like, <laughs> it's, like, this crazy time where, like, everybody's, like, well, maybe, like, who knows, so who I don't know. I just Oh, don't that's
0: know. rough. I feel for her. Like that's so tough cuz yeah, people have allergies or like anything, right? Like just something weirdly tickles your nose for 1 second and you're totally fine. You don't have any other symptoms, right? right. <laughs> of anything and you just sneeze once in like a week and yet that one sneeze can make everybody super uncomfortable. It's so yes. interesting. Yes. Uh yeah. Well, I hope you feel better fast and then you. you won't be scaring people with your cough.
1: Thank you. And I know that L.A. had an exciting weekend,
0: and I'm wondering how you're doing because of the Rams winning. (laughs) Yes, the Rams won the Super Bowl, so that's big for the city. They haven't been here for that long or been back that long, I guess, because they were here once upon a time as well. Um, So it feels like a little weird. I don't feel like super connected to them yet. I've only been to a couple of games and none of them in SoFi because, I mean... It's so expensive, so <laughs> we did not <laughs> done that. But um, I think this is definitely a step forward for them as a team, making their footprint in LA. Because I think LA fans are a little bit, um, like we're super loyal to like the Dodgers and the Lakers, right? Like yeah. two dynasty, like major teams. And everybody else, it's like, you got to prove yourself. Otherwise, you're just a second-tier team to us. Right. right. And so, like, the Rams are – they I mean, they did a good job. They're, they won the Super yes, Bowl. Maybe we'll Super let them Bowl. in. <laughs> That's a good job. Yeah. So maybe we'll start warming up to them a bit more. I think – I mean, people are definitely excited, but it, I feel like it I, – I feel like other cities and their excitement about winning the Super Bowl is not the same. Like, we're not at that level. We're, like, slightly tempered, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. I think that does make sense because – It's like, you know, Philly is a huge sports city and I feel like, you know, part of what makes a place a big sports city is that there's like a consistent group of fans and people that have followed that team since they were little. Like, you know, I'm not a huge like sports fan in general, but like not like compared to, you know, my my brother like knows like every stat in the universe. Um but like I get super excited for the Phillies or the Eagles or the Flyers because like I've just been around it my whole life. And when we moved here to DC, I feel like it's so different here with sports because the city's so transient and a lot of their sports teams are newer and it just doesn't feel like anybody cares. <laughs> like like it just doesn't <laughs> feel like anybody cares. Like that I just don't I, I feel like When they're, um, when the nationals were doing well, I think people hockey is probably the most I see people care about Mm. sports here, but like it's just not at all the same. But I think it's because it's missing that like nostalgia connection that people like really go crazy about with
0: sports. Totally. Yeah. I think that's a big piece of it. And like you said, DC is so transient. Lots of people are coming in and out all the time. Um, not like obviously there's people that are like, native locals to the city but it's right. not the same percentage probably as like Philly and mm-hmm. so i think that makes a big difference and then yeah and again the new team versus like who you've grown up with and really like owned as your team for a while yeah. the example i think i told you this example earlier is so that like the difference like when the dodgers won the world series 70 people were arrested downtown for you know, partying, whatever. Uh, The Rams just won the Super Bowl. One person was arrested. So, (laughs) like, there's kind of a disparity, kind of a difference as to how the city's reacting. Um, So it's really exciting. It's great that we had, obviously, it's great that we won. It's great that it was at home, too, which is, like, this is only the second time ever that it's happened. I think the first time was last year, right? Um, So that's cool. And this brand-new, beautiful stadium that we have. But, uh, yeah, I mean... It's awesome. It's exciting, but it's not like I'm not thinking about it much anymore. (laughs) It's what just happened. So, (laughs) yes, I hear you. I understand.
1: Um, But I know that you had a fun weekend anyway. um, Yeah. And I'm happy for that. And I know that you spent some time with family. And I'm Mm -hmm. wondering, did it help you to thrive? (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> always always especially for those listening you always help me thrive yes see <laughs> um Probably. but yeah beautiful transition katina Thank you're you. really becoming quite a rock star at these transitions <laughs> so, good <enough>. <laughs> <laughs> so good um but yes this research is super interesting um not super complicated either, but just, I think there's some really good takeaways, especially for companies and leaders when they're thinking about how they want to continue to improve um, their work environments, um, is to think about employees kind of more holistically, as we talk about a lot. So this article is brand new, just published 2022 in the Journal of Organizational Behavior, and it's um, called Employee Thriving at Work, The Long Reach of Family Incivility and Family Support. Hmm. And there's a lot of authors, so b- bear with me, and um, and some of them are names that I know I'm going to butcher, so I apologize to any of them listening in advance. <laughs> but it is written by Ren, Babalola, Ogbonaya, Hotchwater, um, Akemu, and Agiemeng Minta. So. Wow. Was a good try. <laughs> I know. I know. I. I mean, there. I. I'm gonna make a wild assumption here. Some of the research was done in, uh, Nigeria. So I'm gonna guess there's yes. maybe some Nigerian names yeah, there. Yeah.
1: Yep. That makes
0: sense. Um. And then, like, when I look at the universities that people are at, it's all over. There's yes. uh, Australia, Kazakhstan, the UK, um. UAE, So a lot of uh, diversity in this publication. So it's really cool. cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So that's always fun. Um, Yeah. So let me give you kind of a rundown of the theory behind the study and then what they found. So basically what they, this article was talking about, what the authors were talking about is that employee thriving at work is obviously really important when employees thrive they're healthier, they have more positive attitudes, like they're happier in their jobs. Um, and they also are doing better like from a performance perspective. And I'll link to our previous article on employee thriving because there's like a whole meta-analysis that we talked about relating to these outcomes. So employee, employee thriving is really important. And just as a refresher, employee thriving is basically vitality and learning. So it's kind of the experience of being uh, energized at work right that vitality piece and also feeling like you're growing you're developing you're learning those two pieces make someone thrive at work awesome
1: so uh really feeling like you're have a little pep in your step and you feel like you're getting (laughs) better all the time Um, that's sort of the feeling of like hey I'm actually feeling and getting better as a human being
0: Exactly. Yes. So it's both those pieces. Um, And in the research that's been done prior, like we know things like support from your colleagues can really help people thrive. We know things about the environment can help people thrive. Uh, So there's a lot going on in the workplace that is important to thriving. But we also know that people do not live in a silo where work is work, And home life is its own separate thing that does not interact, just not the way the world works. So this study was really meant to be like, okay, we know that thriving is important. Well, how does the work, the home environment rather, impact this thriving? Like, is there are there things that are reaching in to the workplace that can make someone feel like they're not thriving as much, hinder their thriving um, or help support it? over time
1: yeah so it's kind of like we know that work and family can spill over uh, from one to the other and we know that they can conflict or they can enrich each other which we've talked about before Um, they can sort of synergize or they can sort of battle Um, and we also know that people can seek to try to get a balance between the two areas that work for them so we know that these two areas are connected. And that they can get along or not, but we don't have specific understanding of how that promotes people's ability to thrive as employees in the workplace.
0: Exactly. Yep. You got it. Cool. And you bringing up enrichment and conflict is very important because that is something they do measure is to see like if these uh, different family uh, behaviors, when they talk about incivility and support. How do they impact things like enrichment and conflict, and does that then lead to thriving? So that's kind of like the general model if that makes sense. So awesome, yep, yeah. so basically, we want to understand if if having these types of things happen at home are hurting or helping thriving. um cool. so, just to kind of give a little bit more detail there they talk about um they also talk about boundary theory. Which we've talked about before. So this is like the integrator segmenter piece. So again, we'll link to that too if you want to dive into some of that. But basically, people have different preferences as to whether or not they want to integrate their work in life. Basically saying like, okay, maybe I'll work for an hour, then I'll do some laundry, then I'll work for four hours, then I'll do something else, and I'll come back to it. And they kind of like switch gears. and They're happy to kind of let both things um, spill into each other in terms of like their schedule. -hmm. And then there's people that prefer separate lines, like very clear boundaries. Like I work from nine to five. During that time, no one from home talks to me, and uh, and then the when I leave, no one from work talks to me. Right. So having very clear boundaries. So those are some preferences that they took into account because they thought that might have an impact here as well. Which spoiler alert, it does.
1: Okay. Yeah. So whether or not I want my work and family domains to be sort of not overlapping or spilling between one another or whether I feel like I prefer those two things to be more connected should make a difference in terms of how much my family life impacts my thriving at work exactly
0: yep you got it cool okay that makes sense got it so um I'll let's see What's the best way? There's six hypotheses here. So I just kind of want to maybe highlight very high level what they think is going to happen. Okay. Um, And I'll give you the spoiler that it works, but we'll talk about that in a second. Okay. Um, Basically, what they were thinking is if somebody experiences family incivility. So if my family is uh, putting me down or they're making comments that are kind of rude or just treating me like a little bit not so great right not to the point of like abusive relationships with your family but mm-hmm. really just not positive that incivility we've talked about in the workplace before but you know it can happen with your family too where people are just kind of demeaning and maybe not being very polite if you're experiencing that the authors were thinking that like, that's going to create um that's going to create some conflict for you with your work in your life because because what's going to happen is you're sitting there and you're probably ruminating or, you know, you're feeling negatively and you're going to bring those negative emotions and responses to that incivility into your work, which would then create that family work conflict that we've talked about. And then that would lead to you not feeling like you're thriving at work anymore, right? So you're feeling like you don't have that vitality. You don't feel like you're learning as much, probably because you're, distracted or just not able to focus because you've got this other thing on your mind
1: yeah so that makes sense so people at home are being kind of snippy to you they're not being very kind or respectful and maybe some people can relate because I think it that probably varies day to day like we all Mm -hmm. have people family members that get in grumpy moods or we get in fights or conflicts or whatever with family members so I'm sure it's not like Either you have a family that is uncivil or not. It probably varies in terms of like average amounts. But I would imagine that people experience some levels of this at times regardless of how tight-knit their family is. Um, So when you're experiencing those things at home, it basically makes you feel like my home life is not helping me to be my best at work. And that creates this perception of your home life getting in the way of your work life which then makes you actually feel like you're not doing as well as you could be.
0: Exactly. Yep. You got it. Cool. You got it. And then they, when you think of the positive side, they talk about family support. So family support, it's like, you know, listening to your problems, giving you advice, being there for you when you're like upset about something. So if you have family support, um, both doesn't matter if it's like about work or just in general, Uh, you're feeling more positively about your family. So the authors hypothesize that that means, okay, I've got the support. I'm now going to feel like I'm going to feel good. I'm going to then see family work enrichment because that experience at home is now trickling into my experience at work. So now I feel positive. I feel supported. I feel like I can do anything because I have these people backing me up. Mm -hmm. Um, And now I actually... Seen an increase in thriving. So I'm more energized at work. I feel like I'm learning more. I feel like I'm contributing more. I, I'm definitely thriving as an employee.
1: Awesome. So just the opposite of what you were saying. I'm like yeah. having this great time at home and then I'm like, wow, my family really helps me to like be better at work. And then you actually feel better and feel like you're doing better because your family's supporting you and behind you.
0: 100%. Cool. Awesome. 100%. And then the final piece of this puzzle is that they theorize that if I am somebody that is an integrator, so meaning, again, that I'm happy to bounce around family and work throughout the day, um, if I'm an integrator, then this actually stays really important, right? Like, I'm going to see that bleeding between family and work a lot. Mm-hmm. But if I'm a segmenter, if I really like my strict boundaries, it the relationship's gonna get weaker, meaning that if my family supports me or if they're uncivil, um, it's not gonna have as big of an impact on my thriving as um, if I was an integrator. Gotcha. okay, yeah. so so basically, the more
1: I allow these twains to cross of my work and family life, the bigger the impact one has on the other. Exactly. Yep. okay, exactly. Cool. Well, that
0: all makes sense. Yeah. So, spoiler alert, like I said earlier, it definitely <laughs> all worked. Um, just, yeah. So, like a quick highlight of the study there were two studies actually. So, one I mentioned Nigeria earlier. So, one was with uh, participants in Nigeria, another study was done with participants in the UK. Um, slightly different in terms of what was studied. Like, the first study didn't include the support side, it only really included the negative um side of it all. Mm-hmm. And then the UK study included both. Um, so support and incivility impacting for you know family work conflict or family work enrichment. Um, and then how that impacts thriving at work. So and the thing to know here too is that this was one of those studies that we've talked about in the past where basically there are three different periods of time. And the first period they ask them about incivility and support um and their preferences in terms of whether they like to segment their work or not Hmm. two weeks pass then they look at okay do you experience family work conflict are you experiencing family work enrichment and two weeks later they're like are you thriving and (laughs) they answer those questions (laughs) cool awesome okay great yeah And so that methodology did lead to the fact that they found that basically, um, as we mentioned before, if you're having some incivility at home, some rude behaviors, et cetera, you're more likely to feel like there's a conflict between your family and your work life, and then you're less likely to thrive. If you're feeling supported at home, you're more likely to feel enrichment between your family and your work life, um, and then you're more likely to thrive. Um, The only caveat is if you really prefer strict segmentation between your work and your life, um, that's not going to be as important. Gotcha.
1: Okay. so it seems like a takeaway from this could be that paying attention to ensuring that families have smoother home lives could be one way of allowing them to thrive more at work. Um, So... I would imagine that incivility could arise in your home life if you're stressed out from work, if you're, um, you know, not able to be there for your family in the way that, you know, you want to be or they want you there. Um, if you're, you know, not emotionally available to them or you're not spending a lot of quality time together, I can imagine that that might cause some strained relations. So I'm thinking about how could organizations make sure that. Employees are thriving and what they could do to impact the likelihood that employees would find themselves in family environments that are, you know, positive and not uncivil. And I wonder if that's one avenue is to really allow people to have the time to disconnect and really grow those relationships with their family and become, you know, tighter and closer without having to spend that time being super stressed or having one foot in either domain in a way that's not healthy.
0: I just love what you said there because I think the big thing here is this is one of those articles and one of the take and like an article with takeaways that to me feels like step two, right? Like step one is let's make sure that the organization is taking care of people within the organization, right? So if you already have a terrible culture and a really bad work environment, helping people with their family stuff is not going to be that helpful, right? You already have other issues. So to me, reading through this study and then thinking about the other thriving article that we talked about um, makes me feel like, okay, step one, let's get our ducks in a row here within the organization. Let's make sure people are able to thrive based on the environment we're providing. Get that all settled. Once that's done, if you already have a very strong culture, if you already have all this um, ability to allow people to thrive within the environment itself, then think about Okay, now what do we need to do, right? So in theory, like you said, if you've already got the work environment stuff figured out, that people are going to have more time and more space for their families. They're going to be able to take, you know, disconnect, take vacations, all that good stuff. So we're starting to fix the problem already. And then the next phase would be what other resources and support can you provide so that your employees feel like they get support outside of work? So Mm -hmm. maybe like incivility for example could come from a place where maybe you have some challenges with a partner or a parent and maybe therapy would be something that's useful for you right make sure you're able to provide as an organization resources to you know access to therapy access to programs and stuff that maybe aren't necessarily run by the company directly but by vendors um you know in case people don't want to mix that stuff right sure don't have like a therapist on on staff, but have resources where they can go get that, I think could be really, really important. Um, as well as, you know, thinking about other policies and systems to help people... Uh, recover when they're dealing with mistreatment from their families or issues with their families. Like, are there different types of leaves you can help provide? You know, as a supervisor, as a leader, like if you know someone's struggling with something at home, can you give them a little bit of slack um, on what's going on at work, right? Give them a little bit more space. I think there's things like that that are pretty simple to implement that can make a big difference.
1: Yeah. And some of the things that we would think that you should do just to create good jobs in general help to provide that healthier life. I remember we were doing some work with a client at one point and one of the people mentioned that having the ability to cut out, like that working remotely allowed them to cut out this commute that was super stressful for them and was causing them to be really, really like, unhappy at home when they got home with their families and was causing these problems in their family and was causing them to be unhappy at work when they got in with their employees because they were starting and ending their day with like this incessant frustration and when that went away they were like so much happier and less snippy and less stressed around people so like just primary stress reduction in the workplace from overwork allowing people to have you know, autonomy to flex things around the, the way they want to leaving people alone on the weekends and during vacation time, like things that we talk about as being generally good management practices for creating good jobs, probably also cut down on the likelihood that families will find themselves
0: in conflict. Exactly. Yeah. hundred percent agree with you there. I think it's really important to, um, to, like I said, create that work environment first and foremost that really can support people um, to take the time and do what they need to in their personal life. And then like the bonus piece from this article would be provide other resources, like I mentioned, like therapy, whatever other resources people can access, um, kind of help, you know, balance it out. But if you're, if your work environment is not good, if you're already overworking your employees, if they have 10 hour commutes, like you're not going to be solving any problems by being like, hey, here are some resources. If your family needs therapy or needs this or needs that, you can use it. It's like, okay, when am I going to do that? Right, um, right. So, yeah, I totally agree with you. I think it's a really good reminder in this article um, that organizations need to think holistically. But yes, I think first and foremost, make sure the work environment is good to begin with.
1: Yeah. I think that's awesome. It's important to know that people's family lives can impact what they bring into the work and how they grow and learn. That's important for employers to support. And I think there are some basic ways people can do that. So I really like this article and appreciate that you brought it to our attention.
0: Of course. Yeah, I did too. I thought it was a good one. It had some pretty straightforward uh, findings and takeaways, and I hope everyone listening can leverage it and use it to the best of their ability. Um and yeah, thanks for listening to the article. As always, if you have questions, comments, feedback, you can always find us at our website workerbeing.com. You can email us at contact@workerbeing.com. At find us on social at workerbeing. Um and finally, last notice about our community. Um happy to have these conversations with all of you inside of our community and you can find that on our website at workerbeing.com/community. Thanks for listening. The Worker Being podcast is hosted by us, Patricia Grabarek and Katina Sawyer and produced by Allie Johnson.